My prayer today is that for each and every one of us, um, that we would, as Sheldon said at the very beginning of our service, that you would encounter God. Um, thank you for coming to church. Thank you for being here. And, and I know for some of us, it's just part of what we do and it's our, our regular routine. And for others, you're visiting for the very first time. But the fact that you're here is, is just positioned you for God to actually encounter your life. Now, does God encounter on a church service on a Sunday? He can encounter any day, every day. But I just know that where two or three are gathered, the Bible says that's where he is. And so I really want to encourage you as, you, as we listen into what God wants to do today, is that we would not just listen into a sermon and with some points, but that there would be an internal conversation that you are having with God. Just, you know, like the internal conversations you're having right now about oh, that took too long or whatever you're thinking about, whatever breakfast or dinner or lunch or whatever else you're going to have or the week that's going to come. But I just want you in these very few moments, these are the words of God, uh, which is Jesus Christ really in, in print. And he wants us to be so attuned in to lean into these moments right now, because as Sheldon said with that great testimony, it's God's word. And when God's word goes out, we don't know what happens, but it accomplishes something in someone's life and it changes something and it changes their whole trajectory, mindset, and then also purpose and mission. And so the word of God is something that's alive and powerful and it's great. And uh, I believe that God actually wants to speak to a couple of people here today as well. So we're going to do that a little bit later. Um, and I'll get Sheldon to come and help us with that in a few moments' time. If you have your Bible, why don't you turn with me to the Luke chapter 10? That would be good. Yeah, Luke 10, and we're going to go from 38. There was a, a, a lady that I used to... Um, well, let me tell you a couple of things about my wife and I. So we've been married... Well, we just celebrated our 30th anniversary uh, this month on the 6th. Uh, and then, 31? 31, wow. And, um, okay, embrace the awkward people, it's 31, get over it. Um, and so, 31 years of journey, and, uh, and that, because that's part of what relationship is, it's love and fresh air and journey and hard work and testings and trials and tribulations, and, but you get through it. Stay strong, don't quit on your relationships, I want to encourage you to do that. God's called it for a, a, a bigger and a better purpose. And anyway, so when I first met Leah, um, I used to, she gave me a little duck. A little duck that I used to hang on my air vent of my little Hillman Hunter. I had a Hillman Hunter, it was my first car. In fact, I, got, I paid $600 for the car and I got two of them. Uh, one was like a scraps and leftover bits. And this other two-toned, let me just tell you, Mission Brown with like a similar colour to your seat over there, like that sort of khaki colour. So it looked like, it looked like a baby's nappy. So, um, and so, but I used to drive to work in 40 degree days, not air conditioning, just a vent that blew dirt. Every time you turned it on, a whole lot of dust would come out, which was always a really good thing when I was driving Leah home or we were going out to a wedding or something and it was hot and the windows were down and you would turn on the vent and this puff of dirt would just come and cover your clothes. Not a good deal. But anyway, I'm sitting at, this, at my job uh, in the afternoon and it's 40 degree day and it's lunchtime and I wasn't having a good day. And I just went out to the car, which was my normal practice, uh, to go sniff the duck. Now the duck, the duck had a perfume on it. So <laughs> I know, I got issues. And so I used to go out and actually, <sighs> somehow that helped me through the turmoil of my day. Don't know why I wanted to explain that to you. Actually, I do have a purpose. I, 
that's the sort of thing. And so just to give you a little bit of a heads up on who I am and what we do. But today I really feel that the Holy Spirit actually wants to engage you, wants to fill your life with an aroma that is actually going to really cause you in the midst of life to have a place where you can be centered, where you can go to Him and where you can feel and sense His presence. And you can actually breathe it in and it actually can actually be transformative in your mind and in your heart. Maybe your circumstances don't change as we hope they would, but something changes on the inside of you, a bit like the testimony we just heard. So we want to talk a little bit about the life of Mary. Turn to your neighbour and say, Mary. All right, Sheldon, I'm bad at timing, so give me what time are you done? Okay. Don't say that. Quarter past? Quarter past? Okay. Now it happened, there's Luke 10, 38. Now it happened as they went... Now they entered a certain village, this is Jesus and his disciples, uh, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. I don't know about anyone else like that. I don't know, how do you, how do you feel if people are sort of getting close to your feet? Some people have got a real issue. Uh, especially if you've got really, you know, those nails that probably are ingrown or that toe that sort of sits on top of the other one. We sort of want to keep our foot hidden. People don't, we don't want people to see my feet uh, or touch my feet. But here it is that Jesus is at a meal at their house. Um, And so Martha uh, welcomed him, which means Martha went out and said, hey, Jesus, you guys are passing through. There's a lot of people going on. Restaurants are probably full. Why don't you come in here? And invited him to actually come and have a meal at their place. And then it says that Mary sat at his feet uh, and, and she heard his word. Okay, that's really important. That's your first point if you're making points. She heard his word. So Mary was a person that came, that, that Martha was a person, sorry, that set up an opportunity for there to be a God encounter for Mary or a Jesus encounter for Mary. I want to just speak real briefly to each and every one of us. There are certain times that we either are a Martha or a Mary. There are times in the life of this church that you will be a people that will prepare a space and a place and you will be the one like Martha uh, working at setting up a place for God to, for people to have a God encounter, for the Marys to come in and sit and hear the word so that they can actually encounter God's word. And so it's not that we go, oh, Martha, you're the wrong person, and Mary, you're the right person. Because when you read the, uh, this, this story in, in the book of John, Mary, Martha was a woman that actually sat as well. She just got up before Mary did. Mary was actually helping Martha set up, but she then left that and went to sit at the feet of Jesus. And so we see this whole thing. Martha invites Jesus in, works hard, sets it up so Mary can actually have an encounter. And Mary has this encounter with, with Jesus Christ. But Martha was distracted and by much serving and she, she approached him and said, Lord, do you care that my master has left me to... Uh, that, sorry, do you care? Isn't that interesting that we maybe have that conversations with God a bit sometimes? Let's just keep it a little bit real. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. So now Martha has taken on the role of God and now she's telling Jesus what to do. Uh, And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing. Did you never say one thing? Oh, come on, say it like you got one thing. It's like, I don't know you, but I'm telling you one thing. And so this whole thing is, is that one thing is needed, that Mary has chosen the good part, 
which will not be taken away from her. Mary was a person, as you read through her, the story a bit of her, of her life, she was interested in the feet of Jesus. Not, not, not just his natural feet, but that was a posture in her life. It was something that she was keen to, but the, the sitting at the feet wasn't to admire his feet. And he, if he'd had a, a pedicure, is it a pedicure or manicure? Pedicure. Okay, I'm there. That he had a pedicure because they would be walking in their sandals, sweaty, dirty, and they would come and sit and their feet would be washed at the table as they were dining. But here we see Mary taking this, this place of actually sitting at the feet of Jesus. All right, we know the story. And I know for half of us, we've already gone, okay, boring. But I want you to hear this in relating it to your life. That we can be distracted by a whole lot of things. Even right now, we're distracted to actually sit and just to hear the Word of God. And so Mary found, and Jesus is actually giving us a blueprint of, hey, listen, if you actually want to hear my Word, you've got to position yourself, posture yourself to actually for you to hear it. Stop for a moment and actually sit at my feet. So the first thing that I want to encourage as we step into 2021 is that we become people that just sit at the feet of Jesus. What does that mean? Clint, how do I do that? Literally just sit down. Just take a moment to sit with Him. God, I'm here with you. God, right now, just Lord God, I don't want to be distracted because I know my Facebook likes or my messages or the notifications that come up and I've got to go do this and I've got to cook and the kids and to find that moment to actually sit with Him. And as we position ourselves to sit with Him, He begins to speak and to instruct us. And God's saying to people here, you're so busy. You're so busy trying to fix this stuff in your life that you are finding it so hard to fix because for years and years you've been trying to fix it and nothing's happened. But He said, would you just take for five minutes, just sit at my feet and I will begin to talk to you about your life. I'll begin to instruct you in your life. All right. Let's go over to my next scripture. I'll skip over a lot of this. When I feel the Holy Spirit, John, John 11, let's go there. John 11 is where we're going to end up today. Because here's the thing about you sitting at the feet of Jesus. The scripture in John 15, which I don't want you to turn to, go to John 11. It says that when an advocate, when the advocate, talking about the Holy Spirit, that I will send you, from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, He will testify about me. I really believe that the Holy Spirit, right, even today, is going to say, I'm going to teach you about Jesus. I'm going to take on the role as teacher. I'm going to take on the role of instructor. You just posture yourself. You position yourself. I'll do the teaching. I'll do the download. I'll instruct you. I'll tell you. I'll speak to you about who Jesus is. And the relationship that we have with Jesus is that it's not just a duty that we do. We may start out in duty. Oh, I've got to spend time with God. But it was like the young man said, everything right now in my mind, I just feel that I'm thinking about Jesus. It wasn't something that he purposely went and tried to do. It's something that the Spirit of God says, listen, that is what my role is. I'm going to come and reveal Jesus Christ to you. And so that gives us at least hopefully some impetus to go, you know what, I want to become a person that just makes room to sit with Jesus. All right? So we're going to sit down, have some time with Jesus. All right, second point. The Holy Spirit is going to reveal that to us. Let me just read this out of John 11, verses 1. Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, in the town of Mary, his sister Martha. And it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, 
whose brother was Lazarus. So here we see the second part of who Mary is. I don't think we'll have time to touch on this, but I actually want to, or we'll have time to touch on it, but not go deeply into it. And so she was the one that broke that expensive jar of oil over the feet of Jesus. Therefore the sisters uh, sent to him saying, Lord, behold him, he whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God and the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus moved, loved Martha and, his sis- and her sister and Lazarus. So he's just so- talking about this relationship with Jesus Christ. Because I want you to put yourself in this story right now. You're in a situation which is diabolical. This is like, this is life and death, Jesus. And you're the one that's always been there. And you've been the one that's come to our home. And you've been the one that's eaten at our table. And you've been the one that I've sat at your feet. And you've been the one that I got in trouble with my sister Martha over it. But Jesus, you're that important person in our life. And hey, listen, we're in a bit of a bind right now. Lazarus, who you love, he's, he's not doing good. And he's, he's actually gonna, he's actually gonna die. We're sending you a message. Can you please come? We know we've heard about the miracles you've done. We've seen and we've heard stories about the amazing things that you've done. But Jesus Christ, would you please come? Because we need you to actually help our situation. And there's delay. And it's for the glory of God. Like, okay, um, that's all that Christian jargon. I'm not sure really how that relates to my situation because right now I'm panicking about my brother's health, my family's health, my situation that I'm going through. And let's read on a little bit. And when, when he had heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days. Like, seriously? Jesus, are you kidding me? You heard he was sick. He's right at that edge, life, death. And you stayed two more days. Mm, I don't know if you can relate to that in some of the situations in your life. And then after, after that, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. Backstory a little bit. There were people out to, 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 to kill Jesus. Part of that was the backstory. It wasn't just Jesus going, oh, you know, now, nah, let me just make a grand entrance. There was a backstory to it. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. Let's just move on. Let me just sort of paraphrase all of that for you. They finally get there. And, the, and, um, and we see that in verses 20. As soon as Martha, she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him, went and met him, and Mary was sitting in the house. Okay, real important right now. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. Now, Lazarus is dead. Four days. He's stinky. He's dead, dead. And she's going, okay, if you'd been here, this wouldn't have happened. Now we're grieving. Now I'm, I've lost the thing that was really important. The, pe- the person you loved, I've actually lost that. But it's interesting when Mary, when Martha heard, she ran to him. She went to him and she stood there. And I wonder what her posture was, but we sort of can get the tone from Scripture. was like, if you'd been here, mate, seriously. You say you love, you say you love us. You say you care. We're important to you. We did all this stuff for you. And he's gone. He's not here anymore. He's not here. Like, I, I know you can, you know, he'll, res, he'll rise again with it, when everyone else does. And, but Jesus, just, I'm just dealing with this level of disappointment. At least Mary, Martha went. Mary sat, sat at home. And I wonder if there's people here today. 
You might be here in church, but you may be sat at home in your heart because of something that had happened and you really believed that God was going to come through for you, but He didn't. And you're sitting, you're sitting at home. And then I want to read you verse 28. And Jesus has this conversation. Let's pick up 25. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Again, as Sheldon said earlier, when God speaks something, when God says something, the circumstances look incredibly bad, impossible. But God sends forth His Word. And we know the outcome of this story because Lazarus does come out of the grave and he is resurrected from the dead. But it's the process of Mary and Martha that I want to just focus on today in my next few minutes that I, we, we choose to sort of close. And he says, I'm the resurrection and life. He who believes. He who believes. He who believes. I'm just challenging right now. There is this, there's this level of unbelief in our minds and our hearts because of our circumstances and how we believe God. For you that maybe are nowhere near to God, I don't know if I believe them because all these Christians are crazy and all the stuff they do and they're meant to be like this, but they're really like this and I don't know if I can believe in a God like that. Fair call. But Jesus isn't debating whether you believe or not. He's saying, listen, if you believe, what will happen is the thing that is dead, God will raise it. If you believe, if you place your trust in it. Because sometimes we believe in the stuff that's so, so negative about ourselves, so bad about ourselves. We believe in our history more than what we would believe in a God that is able to shift and change that history. And so he wants to just say, hey, listen, I am the resurrection and the life. This is not on, on you per se only. Like if you just try real hard and if you rub him the right way like a genie, hopefully he'll do some, you know, give you three wishes and he'll make something. No, no, he's saying, hey, listen, I'm going to give you the ability to believe me. You just need to make that decision. God, I'm going to believe you. Because Martha in that posture, in that moment, as, as, as upset and disappointed as she was, she says, I believe. I believe. And then this is what I love about Jesus. He said, hey, listen, could you go and let Mary know that I'm here? And for those of us today that are positioned in a place where we just, you know what, no, nah, God, Jesus is there, oh, don't care, sit at home. You might not be in a disappointment, but you in your personal relationship with God, you've done some stuff or you feel like you're not good enough and you want to just sit at home because you don't want to come to that place again where God had actually called you and God had actually encountered your life, but you prefer in your heart to stay at home and then justify the reasons why. Well, he didn't come. My brother's dead. And you know what? Life's pretty hard right now. I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to see anyone. I prefer to just stay at home. And we stay at home in our heart while we're at church or at a church meeting, a gathering. And then I love what Jesus, what Mary's response, when she heard that the master had called her, she didn't have a backup. The Bible says she got up and she ran to him. And at that point, 
And see, that's what I love about when I look at the life of Mary. She was the person that says, listen, I love his feet. I just want to sit and I want him to speak to me. I want to hear his word. He's going to speak his word into my life. And then even in her disappointment, even in the thing that went wrong for her life, she didn't just stay at that place. She didn't just stay home in her hurt, in her disappointment, in her discouragement. When she heard that the master was calling for her, she got up and she ran over to where he was. And the Bible says her response was that she fell at his feet. Her heart was a heart of worship. God, in my disappointment, I still know that you're the answer. In my disappointment, I still know that you're the way for me. God, I come to you and I worship you. That humility, falling at his feet, sat at his feet, anointed his feet. Now we see her falling at his feet in the midst of hardship. And as she sits at that place, and Jesus sees her tears. I love his heart to each and every one of us. Because if at that point, if you're at that place today, where you just could come and this, the only strength left in you is just to come and just to go, God, I, I humble myself before you. I've got this case and this evidence against you of why you didn't do. But I put that aside and I just come and I fall at your feet. And the Bible says that at that moment when God saw her heart, she still asked the same questions that Martha did. The Bible says Jesus wept because she came with a heart of humility. She wasn't standing up there, you should have, you should have, you could have, why didn't you? She just came to that place. God, I just thank you that you're here with me in the midst of it. And in that moment, Jesus' heart was moved, the Bible says. And compassion filled it and he wept. And as we know, the outcome of that story is Jesus wept. 